Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasaba, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news paper since 1971. Bonus time to Ben Jarowski show. As I speak, it's Wednesday, December 7th, 2022. Here's a headline from today's Chicago Sun-Times. The Sun-Times had this headline and New York Times did not. New York Times, come on, let's get a little speedier here, all right? A long-term subscriber, I'm allowed to make a comment about your speediness and your headlines. Warnock's Georgia runoff win gives Dem 51-49 Senate edge. We've been talking about this so much on the show. Uh, we're a uh, political talk show based in Chicago, but utterly obsessed with politics th- throughout the country. Uh, so the uh, runoff between Senator Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker was indicative of so much uh, in our country. And in my opinion, see what my distinguished guest thinks in a little bit. In my opinion, it's an indication of how low MAGA will go uh, in following Donald Trump off the cliff. I mean, just how willing are they to degrade themselves by voting for some of the most obviously unqualified, embarrassingly unqualified candidates who make a mockery of the notion that being a U.S. senator is a significant post that, like, you have to work hard to achieve. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I I realize I'm going to sound like an elitist now and a snob, and it's funny coming from me. I was such a mediocre student. But they like in school, they would say, if you want to be president or if you want to be a senator, if you want to be, you have to work hard. You have to study. And here was a guy, Herschel Walker, who was so clearly just abysmally ignorant about absolutely everything. His only qualification His only qualification to be senator, and I have qualification in uh, quotation marks, is that Donald Trump endorsed him. 
that Donald Trump plucked him out of utter like obscurity. Yeah, I know he's a football player in the 80s and 90s, but most people have forgotten Herschel Walker. There's a lot of football players in the 80s and the 90s that most Americans have no idea who they are. So don't act like you knew who he was, America. I know some sports fans know who Herschel Walker was before Donald Trump plucked him from obscurity, but most of you didn't know. And it was so baldly racist. They were up against Raphael Warnock, uh, a black man. So I know we'll just pick any old black guy, put him up, and we'll work from the assumption that that's enough to get black people to vote for him. What an insult. What a freaking insult to black people everywhere that you would think that Herschel Walker, by virtue of the fact that he's a black man, would have appeal to black people solely for that reason. Like, that's the only qualifier they're interested in looking at. I've been watching black people in the city of Chicago vote for white candidates, Hispanic candidates, Asian candidates my whole life. It's not like, oh, the only thing black people think about is the color of the skin of the person they're voting for. Black people voted for Richie Daly more than they voted for Dorothy Brown in 2007 here in the city of Chicago. Okay. I was a little upset with that vote, but whatever. I had to live with it. (laughs) In retrospect, I'm sure uh, Dorothy Brown was not a great candidate. Anyway, thank goodness that debacle is over. Uh, And uh, Raphael Warnock was victorious. I was so happy when I watched it last night. I was cheering his speech. What a great speech. Uh, But mostly, I was just thankful that Herschel Walker was not sent to the Senate to represent any state, because that would have been an embarrassment. All right, without further ado, I'm going to ask my distinguished guest to introduce herself. She's been sitting by patiently listening to me, uh, and I know she has a lot of thoughts on this topic. So without further ado, distinguished guest, introduce yourself. I'm Ramana Hussein. I'm an editorial board member and columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times. Yes. A great columnist, I might add, for the Chicago Sun-Times. So, Romana, you heard me riff on what went down in Georgia, uh, and I'd love to get your take on Herschel Walker's candidacy, what it meant to America, uh, and your thoughts about uh, Raphael Warnock uh, winning and how close an election it was. Take it away. Well, first of all, I have to say that I did not know who Herschel Walker was. I, I didn't know he was a football player because you know that I don't follow football. I think I I knew who he was because didn't he speak during the RNC? Which was uh, 2016, 2020? 2020. I feel like I think he was one of the um, the handful of uh, black people that the Republicans kept touting out every day during their convention. He might have been. I, I actually can't. I stayed away from the. Like, I must confess, the twenty twenty was frightening. I think we had the. I think we had the TV running, and so the whole joke was that they'd always have a black person every day, like opening or closing the, the convention. And I, I feel like that's when I first heard of Herschel Walker. So I, I could be wrong, but uh, that's. I feel like around that time, that's when I heard about him. But um, yeah, I mean, I. We've seen this happen time and time again, right? Like, you know, we've had we've seen that happen with Barack Obama. And the funny thing is that a lot of these um, right wing voters, when Barack Obama was running for um, president, 
the whole thing, everybody was saying he has no experience. He has no experience. He has no experience. You know, that's, I, I kept seeing, hearing that over and over again. He was just a community, he's just a community organizer. And then meanwhile, the same people who were lecturing us over and over again about how Barack Obama didn't have experience are okay with this, you know, former football player becoming, uh, you know, a senator. And it, and it was just, and you know, it's like, We've seen this happen before where there's a qualified black person running and the Republicans put up another black person up thinking that's going to like cause all the chaos. Wasn't that the thinking when Kanye was running for president because he's a black man? Oh, all these black people are going to vote for Kanye. And, um, you know, I've seen this happen. You know, people always I think there is this thinking by some people that the people think that just because someone's belongs to the same ethnic or racial group that you belong to, that you're going to love this person. I remember people asking me if I was happy about Bobby Jindal, like this is like years ago when he first became governor. And I remember I didn't, I was just like, I don't like this guy. You know, whenever there's like a right wing Indian person, people are like, Oh, do you like so-and-so? And I'm like, no, I don't, you know? And, and, and for, for people to think that I would just vote for someone because they're Indian or because there's Muslims, because I think there's a couple like, I mean, most of the Muslims that have been running in the Chicago area or just across the country, they tend to be more left. But there are a few Muslims out there who are right. And, you know, they get propped up, you know, the right uses that tool to say like, hey, this is a Muslim who like likes Trump. This is a black person who likes Trump and they take these individuals and they like catapult them into this atmosphere. And then and, and you know, they say they say crazy things like, you know, Candace, the Candace Owens, um, you know, Ben Carson's. They get they get propped up and they say these crazy things and they're not qualified to be anything. But then they become like these spokespeople for the right wing and they appear they get appear they get um, television appearances on Fox News and. And I honestly, Ben, I wasn't shocked that this was close because I feel like this country is there's a lot of idiots in this country, I have to say, and a lot of racists. And, you know, Herschel Walker's a black man, but he's basically propping up what a lot of these white conservatives want to believe. And that's why they like having people of color represent them, because they're like, oh, they're saying the things that we want to say. And they're part, you know, they're, they're part of these groups and organizations. And, and it's just it's just crazy. I remember Herschel Walker's like that they interview his high school football coach. And he was saying something like he'd never vote for him or it was one of his former coaches or high school teachers. So I know um, I said this to you earlier uh, when we were talking right before we went on air. Uh, I wasn't shocked by it was close, but I, I must confess I'm disappointed. Uh, and because you have faith in the American people, unlike me, yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I've become like my dad. Like, it's really funny. I used to be very idealistic and I said, Oh, the America that we strive for like the good people. And I do think a lot of people are good, but I think a lot of people are really insane and racist and are okay with it, you know? And, and, and it is white supremacy that they want to keep upholding. So I become my dad basically when he and he would tell us all this stuff. He's like, "Oh, Americans are stupid." I do think a lot of Americans are stupid, or 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 racist. Yeah, you know what? It's funny. I mean, I see evidence of this all the time, all the time. And today's Sun Times, for instance. Okay, this 
there's an article. Uh, I don't know if you saw the Sun Times yet today. Um, first thing I read every morning when I wake up. Uh, it's true. <laughs> first thing I read, Ramon is the bright one. Uh, but there's an article uh, about um, uh, the mayoral ballot. And um, so the way there's a drawing, a lottery to see the placement of candidates on a ballot, if there's more than uh, two of them, I guess. Um, I guess even if there's, I don't, I don't know what the drawings, but anyway, the point is they had a drawing. There's all these people running for mayor, 14 of them, I think. And um, Jamal Green was ecstatic because he won and he's the top of the ballot. Uh, equally ecstatic or not quite, but very happy is uh, Jesus Chuy Garcia. He's at the bottom of the ballot. And I've seen this article. Is This is a regular article in the local newspapers whenever there's a drawing, a lottery drawing to determine. And the underlying theme of every article that is written on this topic where they quote the ecstatic candidate is the subterranean message is this. You, the voters, are idiots. You're so stupid. You're just going to vote for the first name that you see. And Ramon, I'm like, why vote then? I mean, seriously, how dumb do they think the, the Chicago voter is? I'm accused of making fun of the Chicagoans because they voted for Mayor Daley five times. They voted for Mayor Rahm. Not only did they vote for him once, but then they did it, repeated it. Okay, so I've known to be make fun of Chicago voters for the decisions they make. But Ramana, I've never assumed that anybody getting the top position on the ballot would have an advantage because even I don't think Chicagoans are that stupid that they're just going to vote for the first name they see. Go well, ahead. well, I mean, not not a lot of voters aren't stupid. I don't want to say that all voters are stupid, but you have to admit I'm not saying that most people are going to vote for the top person because I don't know if that's true. But in Chicago, if you have an Irish last name, doesn't that help? I mean, you. I could change my last name, and I'll probably get more votes than if I go with Hussein, right? I'd have to change. I guess I'd have to change my first name too. <laughs> but I mean, I know I, I. I do think that there are certain things that you know. I don't know if the Irish thing works anymore because eventually it's not going to work anymore. But it did. It helps to your advantage if you have an Irish last name. I know. I know um, an Indian woman at uh, the courthouse, and uh, she was, you know, she was South Asian, but. She was married to an Irish guy. Her last name is Walsh. So I'm sure that helped her. I mean, I'm, I, I'm not saying that she wouldn't get qualified. You know, she's not qualified. She is. But. Um, All right. So I'm going to push back. Let's, let's, let's say that I, I do. Th I'm not saying every voter, but there I mean, people voted for Herschel Walker. So you're trying to say that people aren't stupid. There are stupid people. No, what there. I'm saying is this. You're saying well, not the first person. OK, I, I'm I, going I, I'm going back to sh to this because we have to deal with this. What about so the water reclamation district? That what about for water? What about for water reclamation district? Like for people who don't study it? Uh, there have been uh, sh uh, stories and studies that have uh, documented that in a judicial race where there's just a blizzard of names that nobody, the most voters uh, had knew nothing about uh, voters that with uh, uh, candidates with an Irish last name did better. OK, um, so in if I am going to make a chart of idiotic moves by voters, I would say that searching for some kind of clue <laughs> of a person's like worthiness as a candidate by looking at what their ethnicity is, 
That's pretty bad. You're right. That's it pretty is. bad. It is. But it is I bad. still think it's better than, well, I'm going to hurry. I'm just going to vote for the literally the first. I don't believe no. anyone in the city of Chicago no. votes you're for right, the first right. name on a yeah. ballot. I but agree. I think you raise like, a good point. Like, why would you think just because someone has an Irish last name? That makes them qualified. Yeah, it makes them more compassionate saying, or whatever. You know, because I'm just saying that, you know, not a lot of people really look at the ballots. I mean, even I, I've been better at judges in the last few years. But in the beginning, I, you know, when I first started voting for retaining people, I would just retain all of them. Right. And um, I just think there's there's a lot of um, there are some. I think there's some races. I don't think in Chicago, the mayoral race, anybody's going to be like, oh, this person is the first name. But I do think there's other races where people don't do that much research on and that they do pick maybe the first name. But not I, I, you're right. I don't think for the something like the mayor's race in Chicago, I don't think that people are going to look at the first name and be like, but, you know, they might pick. the. I don't know. They might go within the first five names, but. I don't know. I think with the mayor, it's a little different. I think. All right, so right. let me ask you but this. I, I do. Th- I do think. It, I do think certain things make people vote for certain people because of who they are, right? Because of who they are physically. I mean, I just, I just think that sadly that does motivate things. But yeah, placed on a ballot first. I don't know if that necessarily is. I think we need to do a study, Ben, to see what works and what doesn't. But I don't know. The Irish thing I've heard does work. But I, I think it's fading and there's no yeah, excuse for it. There's, well, yeah. it's fading. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, do people really talk about being Irish as they did once a long time ago, like even 20 years ago? Well, I, I, I mean, for me, for me, it was I have to tell you, Ben, for me, it was some a very foreign concept. Like I didn't even because I grew up in Lincolnwood. <laughs> I have to say that I was surrounded by mostly Jewish kids. So I didn't know about Irish pride until I started working as a reporter and I was like, wow, people really take being Irish very seriously. <laughs> and, I, you know, I, I live not too far away from it, but I wasn't really cocooned by that sort of um, mentality. Like, you know, that being Irish is like so awesome. And, and I'm not saying it, it's not, but I'm just saying it's awesome to be other things, too. But I didn't know that you really had that. Um, ca- I didn't know that it had the cachet until I got a little older. And now now I understand it. But I, I don't think it's that popular as it was like many years ago or even like 10 years ago. The way it's been explained to me by uh, political strategists, the value of an Irish name in a judicial race is that um, an Irish name could be black or white. And so uh, that way, if you have uh, voters who are just and I and and so like also it's like in in um, prejudices. So if you have a prejudice against Jewish people, well, it's clearly not a Jewish person. If you have a prejudice against Italians, well, it's clearly not an Italian. This is how it's. These are how the brightest political strategists have explained to me why the voters. Are, so you're absolutely correct. It's really a dumb thing no, that voters have done. I, I, you know, I have to tell you, when Barack Obama was running as state senator, um, I, I'm not going to say who, but I remember people were saying things like, "Oh." he's not going to win because his name is so close to Osama, you know, last name Obama. And, you know, come on, let's face it. His name caused so many people to like lose their shit. You know what I mean? It's like Barack Hussein Obama. Like, you know, you, you can't tell me that if I ran for president, my last name would not be 
a detriment. I just, I, I just like, even if I announced my candidacy without showing my face, people would be like, I'm not voting for her. She's a Muslim. Right. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying that it's, it's changed, but your names do make a difference. Right. I guess if I came out and said that I'm like a Herschel Walker kind of person, then, then I'd become been be popular with a certain segment of the you know society. All right. So I'm going to make, uh, here you go. Uh, a value judgment in your humble opinion. What's a dumber, a greater display of electoral dumbness voting for a judicial candidate because they have an Irish last name or voting for Herschel Walker for senator because Donald Trump recommended him go. Both. I can't. It's like, <laughs> it's, a it's, tie. <laughs> it's a tie because I, I mean, there are a lot of Irish judges who have, you know, who are decent. Nobody's saying that. And, and I'm not, I hope nobody Irish listening to this is saying like, oh, if you're Irish, you're not qualified. I, I'm just saying that there, it does, it used to give you an advantage. I don't know if it does anymore, but I think both of those scenarios, it just shows, just shows you the ignorance of um, some Americans. And I don't know, you know, that's the thing. It's like, everybody says that nobody likes Donald Trump anymore. And the right, right doesn't like Donald Trump anymore. There's a lot of infighting. He's still has a lot of power, you know, he can just like say, I like this candidate and all his followers will do whatever he says. I'm with you 100% on that. And by the way, before we leave this, I just have to say there is no excuse voters uh, for not, for being ignorant when you go to for, vote for judge. In Justice Watch, uh, Maya Dukmasova and her colleagues at Injustice Watch put out a great, and I mean great, uh, guide to judges. Uh, before every election, you can know every th single thing you would want to know about a judge. It's fascinating read. We talk about it on this show all the time. So no excuse, Chicagoans. you got to be smarter you, than Georgia voters. Now, let's get back to Donald Trump, the point you're making. You're absolutely correct, Romana. Donald Trump, if people go, oh, he's got no power. Oh, yeah? Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? There were like four people who wanted to be uh, the Republican nominee uh, for Senate to run against uh, Raphael Warnock. Herschel Walker mopped the floor with them because he got Donald Trump's endorsement. And he got, he came, forced a runoff and came within a percentage point or two of being the senator. So don't tell me Donald Trump doesn't have power with Republican voters. He, I believe he's still the decisive factor. He is the equivalent to MAGA voters of what an Irish name used to be to Chicago voters when it came to judicial races. Uh, so I agree with you, Ramana. He's still a very powerful and frightening force. Very uh, frightening. Yeah. And, and that brings us to the next topic. How low will Kanye go? And I, I have to say this, Ramana Hussein, she, I, she told us she told us about Kanye West three years ago, I think it was. And I was still, oh, no, I'm watching this documentary. And <laughs> I, I, it actually goes further back. I think about in 2013, 2014, I, 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 I expressed my displeasure at Kanye, <laughs> over Kanye. And I would always get pushback, especially from my younger family friends. They would say, I don't get it. I'm out of touch. And I, I would, I, I, he just rubbed me the wrong way. And, and the thing is like, he's been saying, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying the anti-Semitic stuff is good. It's terrible, but he's been saying stuff uh, about his own community, about the black community. He's been misogynistic and 
you know, I guess, you know, a lot of people didn't give him a pass, but people who were disgusted by him before were just kind of ignored and people were just, you know, he kind of, he kept going on and on and on. And, and, and for someone who sees him putting on the MAGA hat, I'm like, how can that not get you angry about him? You know, he should have been canceled a long time ago, in my opinion, but you know, people were still getting excited about it. I just think there's been a lot of interesting discussions about him and, He's, you know, him, he was on Alex Jones, I think last week, and he had that face covering, um, which by the way, um, I remember he had Kim, he used to kind of tell Kim what to wear and what not to wear. I think he seemed like a very controlling husband and she kind of wore something similar to the Met Gala. So he's like wearing this thing on his face and talking about Hitler and saying how he did some great, wonderful things and and he just keeps going on and on. And, you know, he has like mental uh, mental illness issue. But at this point, I feel like, why are people giving him the platform to keep saying stuff, you know? And, you know, I guess he has, you know, I, I think he tweeted the swastika a couple of days ago. And then even Elon Musk put his foot down. You know, Elon Musk, who's, you know, saying that everybody's being curbed to say what they want to say. But it, I don't know. Yay, I guess is his name now he's been spiraling out out of control for a long time and remember you watched the documentary not too long ago and he told me it was good <laughs> i didn't want to watch it i was like i do i i, I don't want to watch it and I, I i even told you when when amara enia took money from him i was like i don't know to me that's not a good move yeah that and, uh amara enia was running for mayor and, in 2019 and she uh, yeah and, and at that point from- at that point at that point he was wearing a maga hat and then you know she's she was running as a progressive and i'm like how can you be a progressive candidate and take money from someone who's wearing a maga hat i for me i i don't know for me it's for me it just says a lot it's telling uh, he he uh, wore the MAGA hat. He met with Donald Trump. Uh, he had that. It, that was one of the most bizarre moments uh, that I feel I've ever in presidential history. I would say, uh, just that that meeting where he uh, Kanye started talking about how much he loved Donald Trump, and uh, he and he, he segued into Larry Hoover and how Donald Trump should use his influence to get Larry Hoover out of federal prison. The uh, the gangster Larry Hoover and uh, and Jim Brown, the former great football player, was st- sitting there as well. It was such a bizarre moment. You could see the look in Donald Trump's eyes of like disbelief, like this guy is even loonier than I am. Uh, if such, but pretending as though he it was great learned thoughts coming out of his head, which is the same look that Tucker Carlson gave Kanye West when Kanye came on the show to talk about White Lives Matter and. Uh, and Tucker's like really giving him that look, you know, Romana, that people give like, oh, I'm listening. This is like brilliance. I can't believe how intelligent you are. And, you know, inside his mind, he goes, this guy's a loony tune. And then they cut out of that interview all the anti-Semitic stuff he said because they knew that wouldn't work well with some of their audience. And so, Romana, you are you have been on ahead of everybody uh, on yeah, this one. Yeah, I'm not. And you know what? I, I You know, I'm not. Clearly, I'm not a black person, but he was just offending me a long time ago. And I know a lot of black people were offended by him a long time ago, too. And it was just like he kept going and going and going. And it's like it was a train wreck if, if you paid attention to it. And, you know, you know, as you know, Ben, I'm a I watch the Kardashians. 
So um, he was barely on the show, but every time he was on there, he was just a little bizarre. And and I'm not saying that they're anything normal, but I mean, I know Kim probably thought she was marrying a genius, musical genius, when she first got hooked up with him. And and now it looks like <laughs> she married, you know, it's just like, it just sounds like a nightmare. I feel bad for the kids, actually. So have the latest meeting uh, at Mar-a-Lago with Nick Fuentes, uh, who is a white supremacist, Holocaust denier, uh, a man just filled with hatred. Somehow or other, uh, Kanye West has decided that this is his ally. Uh, and somehow or other, Donald Trump thinks it's perfectly acceptable uh, to invite them to Mar-a-Lago to break bread with him. Uh, he's not Donald Trump apologized in any way for it. Uh, there's no real consequences to Donald Trump for doing that. It's like all the people who are outraged by it were people who were already outraged by it. Uh, I saw no evidence that Donald Trump was a pariah in um, Georgia. The evidence that they give Ramana is so marginal. It's frightening. They'll say, well, They'll have that uh, numbers cruncher. Come on, MSNBC. If you look at Brian Kemp, the governor's vote in this Republican district, he got 73% and Herschel Walker only got 69%. So that's the difference. That's the, that is it. You're the guy who selected Herschel Walker is meeting with Nazis. And this is the payback. Do you see what I'm saying? This is it. <laughs> so I see no evidence whatsoever uh, that MAGA is going to retreat from its adoration for Donald Trump, regardless of what Donald Trump does. Take it away. Not at all. I mean, he, remember when when Donald Trump was running for president in 2016 and he said he could shoot someone in New York and nobody still got elected? I think he's right. You know, he could do whatever he wants. I mean, could you imagine anybody else? pulling the same stuff that the stunts that he's been doing, saying the same things, um, you know, about the constitution, about, um, you know, it, it, he, the thing is he's smart enough to know that there's a segment of pretty large segment of this population that will cling on to whatever he says. And the more he aligns himself with these people who, um, you know, are part of hate groups, it's like the better he knows it's like, it helps his cause. It's like he's meeting with this Nick Fuentes guy who's, I think, from the Chicago area or grew up here. And it's, it, it, I think it just gets more people mobilized and excited to vote for him. And then, you know, at this point, you know, there's there's people who voted for Donald Trump. OK, 2016. But I didn't get the 2020, you know, and I just I don't I didn't get it in 2016, to tell you the truth. But it's like there's some people who are like, you know, I'm not a racist, but you know, Donald Trump, this and this. And I'm like, what's, what is the appeal that you see? It's like, even if he was a racist and he was smart, I could understand that, but he's not, he's, he's smart, I guess, in a different way, but he's not like a good leader for this country. When people talk about being a patriot, do you really think that he's the best patriot to represent the United States? So I, I, I just don't get it, but it clearly is something that a lot of people get and a lot of people believe in. 
and it's not going away anytime soon. And I think it's just going to get worse before it gets quote unquote better. Yeah. I, I'm, I agree with you. And, uh, I feel as though right now, um, is still very much frightening time in America. Uh, Herschel Walker's, uh, candidacy, the, the, that 48% of the vote he got. Uh, and I keep coming back to this, this ancient history uh, in Chicago when Bernie Epton came so close to beating uh, Harold Washington in 1983. And it just, that Herschel Walker uh, surge he got yesterday to 48%. All those, they, when they show it, uh, the map of Georgia, you have a few blue, they, you know, the Dem- Dems are blue. So the Warnock vote is blue and the Walker vote is red and the red just surrounds the blue, you know, all those rural vo- And I'm like, what is going on in that state? This really twisted affirmative action program of MAGA where they just pluck any black guy, says any absolute thing, has no credentials whatsoever, just because they yeah. think that well, we need a black guy to run against a black guy. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. And we need a black guy to say we need a black guy to say what we believe right that's all you need that's all you need and then they all of a sudden love that that black person you know what i mean it's it's really sad and sickening i mean (laughs) well i told you ben uh a friend of mine a colleague of mine tweeted about how the map of how people voted in this race is a good green book (laughs) for black people like where not to go in georgia the Green Book, uh, for, for those who don't know, Green Book was uh, these books that uh, black Americans would use. What years were they? Like, I don't know, 30s or 40s? Or no, no, 50s? We're, we're talking 50s, Maybe 60s. 50s and, and it like, yeah. showed them this places where they could go where it's like good for them or their communities um, where it's safe for them. By the way, in a really uh, unrelated, I shouldn't even raise it because we should move on, but I don't know if you saw that, the... Um, the death of the actor uh, who was in Green Book. Very unexplained thing. But anyway, let's move who, on. From who Green was Book. that? I, I thought you were going to say Kirstie Alley, who was the Trumpster, by the way. She was a Trumpster? I did oh, not know that. God. She oh went off the God. deep end? Oh, my goodness. Ben, how do you not know that? <laughs> I did not know that. You're so, you're so out of touch. She's just, just look her, look her up. Look up. Uh, she was anti-vaxxer, uh, Trumpster. Um, and so... I, 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 you know, it's sad that she died, but you know, my dad passed away from cancer too. And if I had to keep one person alive, it would be my dad. I when I know when she died, I was like, some people are like, oh, even though she was a Trump supporter, she was nice to me. And she just like, you have to look at her tweets. She, she, you, she, yeah, you, you're not on Twitter, but she, she really was. Um, I mean, it just shows you how, how Donald Trump has really affects a lot of, or a lot of people really do buy into his, you know, bullshit. And, and the sad thing is there's people from all walks of life, white America. I mean, I, 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 I'm scared. You know what I mean? I don't know what people are thinking, you know? I, and it's just like the fact that so many people legitimize him. It's, it's scary to me, but not surprising at this point. Like I told you, I've, I've become very like deluded and jaded and, by my faith in the American and some American people. Uh, and uh, all right. Uh, 
So I, I have to I have a decision to make. Do I cut out the part where I show my utter ignorance of Kirsty uh, and her yeah, Trump no, connection? No, no, you're going to keep that. You're <laughs> going to keep let's that. Let's keep in. it in. It's, it's, you're, it's you're always keep good. It. <laughs> let's keep it in. Uh, all right. So let's move on to a column uh, that your colleague, uh, Neil Steinberg, wrote, which two, uh, I thought it was an excellent column, satire, just open satire uh, in the pages of a newspaper, which requires just a certain level of sophistication on your reader that he or she or they or what have you will understand that it's satire and not mean, think that you're literally saying, you literally mean the things that you're saying. So in this case, uh, Neil wrote uh, an article which he was taking the point of view of the uh, graphic designer of Colorado who wants to contend she has a religious exemption from having... uh, to uh, take clients on who are gay. Uh, so Neil is saying, only uh, Jewish people are allowed to read my comment for religious, uh, uh, f- my religious beliefs say that only uh, certain people can read my column. I think Christians are not allowed to read it. Uh, uh, only Jewish people. I thought it was a really very smart column uh, that made a very uh, good point about uh, how people are hiding behind their religious convictions to justify their bigotry and prejudice uh, and claim a right to, to be uh, prejudiced. Your thoughts? Yeah, I have, to, I have to admit that I did not read Neil's column yet today. Um, so because I'm a Muslim, I guess I followed his rules and didn't read his column. <laughs> so I wasn't allowed to read his column. No, I, 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 should, I, I have to say that um, I do think Neil is a very gifted writer and um, I, I have told him, in person that I'm in awe how he turns out the columns so quickly because I do one once a month and then I, I start panicking right at the beginning of the week and it takes me like two days, a day and a half at most to write something. And he told me once that it took him 45 minutes to write a column that he did that day. And I was like, what? So um, hand hats off to him. Um, yeah. I, you know, Ben, you told me about, um, the discussion that was in the Supreme court about this graphic artist who wants to, I think she hasn't started yet, but she wants to design, design websites for couples who want to get married, uh, wedding websites, and she doesn't want to do it for gay couples. Um, so I was reading the commentary that, um, was going back the, the discussion that was happening at, at the Supreme court. And I think it's, 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 it's just very telling. I think, I mean, just as someone from my background, I know whenever people talk about Muslims, they're like, Oh, they're intolerant of um, gay people. And that's, and I'm not saying that's not prevalent in the, you know, the Muslim world, but it's like, but when the Christian people do it, it's like, it, it's, it's like accepted. Right. Or, I mean, it's not accepted, but it's like the same people who are criticizing Muslims for not being open-minded are doing the same thing. And it, it's like the same discussion with the abortion talk. It's, it's, it's like, okay, we talk about other people who are intolerant because, and use religion to discriminate or hate people. But in this, in this country, the only group of people who can do that are Christians. It's acceptable. If I said it, then people would say like, oh, look at, look at their intolerant religion. But I don't know. I, I, I just feel like the more and more <laughs> these past couple of years have shown, it's like when it comes to religious freedom to hate people, it's okay to do it if you're a Christian or a Christian. You know, it's like that's the only time it gets discussed. Otherwise, it would just be moot. 
Yeah, there's, um, I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, and uh, the attitudes that really fundamentalist Muslims uh, in the Middle East, let's say, uh, have about gays uh, is used as what? Uh, like a selling point to justify invading a country. You get what I'm saying? Uh, and then that same intolerance is, is being exhibited by fundamentalist Christians uh, in, uh, in, in this country, and it's presented as a religious of freedom that's protected by the First Amendment. Yes. And, yeah, and that's a giant thing. And, mixed message. And for people from my community, like people always talk, about, you know, like people don't realize how diverse the Muslim community is and or with the discussions that we have in our community. But like, you know, when we wanted to invade Afghanistan, it's like, oh, look, these women have to wear this. And that's like, the you know, oh, we're like feminists. We're all feminists. And it's just like when it comes to women rights here, look what we did, what happened with abortion rights. You know, it's like certain things like and then, you know, they use it to paint the whole community as this, you know, like, oh, you know, Muslims are like this and Muslims are like that. And it's like it's it's intolerance when it's other communities and it's religious freedom when it comes to certain one religion really in this country, I think. And so, you know, I'm not, I'm not, sh again, Ben, I'm not shocked that this discussion is taking place in, in, at the Supreme Court level right now. And I was looking, you know, I was listening, I was reading, I was reading a story right before we, you know, jumped online and, you know, I saw the discussions about, you know, whether Santa Claus could choose to only have white kids sit on his lap. I think, uh, 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 Katani Brown is Jackson. I'm like, hopefully I'm not slotting her name. She brought that up. And then I think one of the conservative judges, did they, did some judge brought, brought up the black Santa in a child dressed up in the Ku Klux Klan outfit. Yeah. Well, it's Sam Alito, Sam, like I'm, I'm Sam his Alito, friend. Yeah, Samuel exactly, Alito so. said, yeah, he brought up, they were all bending over so, backwards for examples to. Exactly. Exactly. They said that there's a lot of colorful examples that came out and, you know, you, I guess you have a right as a business to not do certain things, but it's like, is it really that serious? Like, you know, some people, like, even if you have that religious belief, if you're working for a business, don't you want to like just cater to everybody? Well, I, listen, that's, there's, you can yes. have your religious beliefs. I mean, I thought this country was all about separation of church and state. You preach it at a choir here. And that is for sure. Yeah. I'm just saying separation of church and state. It, it never applies to the, the, you know, the Christians here in this country, I think. No, I, I, I. Could you, I, I'm just saying if it was a Muslim person, if I said that I didn't want to make a website for this, this would be a bigger story. It would be like, I'd be on the front pages of most papers. I'm just saying that, you know, there's, it, it's just kind of like, okay, this is what, I guess because Christians, there's the most, you know, they're, they're the most representative religious group in this country but i just feel like a lot of things that apply to other religious groups when it comes to intolerance it's like other people get called out but the christians don't and then it becomes a rule or like they it, they don't have to abide by the same rules the rest of the country has to abide by or rest of religious groups have to abide by you know just like when it comes to prayers on like you know on on the fields on football fields could you imagine if a muslim started praying that would be like no can't happen but christians can do whatever they want you know what i mean it's just like so it just shows it just shows the hypocrisy i think that's out there 
when it comes to religions and um, different people from religious groups and how we use it to portray people. And yeah, I, I think that, you know, Neil brings a good point. Like, yeah, if we all did that, then where, where do we draw the line? Like then someone can say that I like, say like, I, I can say that, well, I don't believe in that Jesus was the son of God, right? I don't want to serve Christian people. You know what I mean? It's like, then I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. You know, where does it stop? Well, it's just, and then you talk about a false equivalence. Uh, so just think about this. Th- th- this is the this is our Supreme Court, ladies and gentlemen. These are the smartest, these literally are the smartest legal minds, presumably in, in the country, are having this debate as to whether it's okay uh, for a business person to deny business to somebody based uh, on the fact that they're gay, okay? Uh, and so they're trying to come up with examples to like show how far this c- you could go. Uh, and so the example they come up is a black Santa, a, a black man who's dressed up as Santa Claus, denying service to a child dressed up in a Ku Klux Klan outfit, which is such a bizarre thing to think of, number one. Like there's a kid dressed up in a Ku Klux Klan. But let's say there was. Let's say there was a kid whose parents believed in the Ku Klux Klan and dressed him up in a Ku Klux Klan outfit while he – it's just so freaking bizarre. Like where is your mind – where is your mind, Justice Alito? Okay, but to, to think that there's an equivalency between a black man seeing a kid dressed up in a Ku Klux Klan outfit, knowing the history of what the Klan has done to black people in this country, somehow is equivalent to a businesswoman in Colorado who hates gay people. What have gay people ever done to you? Nothing. So you just have a blind hatred to gay people. It's based on nothing. Whereas a black man sees someone in a Ku Klux Klan outfit, like, hello, you ever heard of lynchings? You know, I mean, it's just, how in the world did this guy get on the bench? How did he get out of law school? Go ahead. (laughs) I'm just surprised that uh, Justice Alito had an open mind to think that Santa Claus could be black, right? Isn't because isn't there like, whenever like we talk about, Jesus or a Santa and they're, you know, they're black, then everybody kind of loses their minds, some segment of the population. So the fact that he thought that I have to give it to him. But yeah, I mean, I also have to give it to him that he has a pretty wild imagination that some little kid with a Ku Klux Klan outfit is going to be, um, is first of all, showing up at something. And, and I would think that his parents wouldn't want him to sit on black Santa's lap, right? Like, why would there be some kid running around Clan outfit wanting to sit? It, it, yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's a good example, Ben, because it is like apples and oranges and totally different scenarios. Uh, all right. Uh, so let's close it down uh, with, uh, well, let's see. I'll, let's, I'll go with white Lotus and uh, you and I are both hooked on it. Uh, I wrote a, uh, a column about it. Oh, I got to uh, read it. I got to read it. Yeah. I'll send it to you uh, in, the point of McCollum, so White Lotus, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is a show uh, in which a murder, uh, we are told at the outset of the series that a murder has taken place, but we don't know who was murdered or we don't know who was killed. And obviously we don't know who 
did the killing. And so each episode gives us clues as to who the murdered person was and who would have done the killing. And it's really well-made show. And it, it is a great satire about white privilege, in my humble opinion. Uh, and uh, so there's seven episodes, I want to say. Yeah, our, I thought there was eight, but I there eight. Okay, right. well, we're, I think we have one episode left, uh, and there have been six episodes. And uh, each clue, uh, each, uh, th- this is something I uh, discovered, you're going to make fun of me, Ramon. I l- just discovered that there's a whole in cottage industry on the internet after every episode drops of people presenting the clues. And so I've just discovered this. And each time, like these great clues that they discovered, they I didn't see them. I'm almost in, they went over my head. I'm like, how did I miss that clue? I'm not watching. It's <laughs> close enough. Uh, I am utterly obsessed with this show on many levels. I'm disappointed that it's coming to an end because I enjoy watching it uh, so much. Next week will be the last uh, episode. Uh, so what sort of, where are you at with White Lotus? Have you maintained your, uh, obsession with it, your love for it? I, I'm still watching it. I mean, so I'm just waiting for the last episode to drop, um, and I will watch it. Um, I, I think, I think this season was about, I think, gender, gender roles and men and women. And, uh, I don't know. I saw this really funny tweet. Um, do you, did you see, so if anybody hasn't seen white Lotus and is watching, there might be some spoilers here, but I thought that scene where the, um, the, the Italian men, I mean, the Italian American men, the three generations of men go to the, and they find some long lost relatives of theirs. And, uh, I, and there's these three women and they like shoo them away and I, I, I read some good tweets about how it, it somebody just said basically, because I think one of the women said, like, why would we need men? What what good are men? And someone on Twitter the other day said that's the thesis of this season of White Lotus in a nutshell. Kind because it kind of it's it's just saying then, you know, I saw some other people tweeting about how, you know, men have these expectations from women. And they expect them to be treated a certain way, like, oh, we just show up and these women are going to welcome their arms and, you know, greet us. And, you know, it's it, they said it's kind of like a, it's a metaphor for how men behave and their expectations from women. And and so I, I thought that was a good, uh, good observation. But yeah, you know, and then we saw we saw the way that, you know, there's those there's four couples, I mean, two couples that are hanging out. Um, at this hotel and uh, the woman thinks that, you know, is basically questioning the husband, you know, Audrey, is it Day? Is that her last name spelled? I'm like, God, why am I freaking Or Plaza, Aubrey Plaza. Is it? So she does a great job and she plays this woman who feels like she's neglected and her husband's kind of like, he's kind of neglectful himself. And, you know, when she questions him after a wild night, He's like, you know, why don't you believe me? And then all of a sudden his mind kind of goes nuts and he's clearly reacting different ways. And so people are like, it just shows you how men and we- men and women behave differently when it comes to jealousy. So I thought that was good. I, I just think there's a lot of there's a lot of funny parts of the show, too. I-, I think there's a lot of good commentary on Twitter about how, OK, so there's all these rich people at this 
at this hotel in Italy. How come the only place they eat, they're in Italy, and the only place they eat is the hotel? They're like, they have all, they're like, when do you go venture out somewhere else? And so just hanging out at the hotel and just eating the food there. So I thought, I, I think there's some like funny things about observations people make. And, you know, everybody loves Jennifer Coolidge and her ditzy uh the ditzy character she plays i don't know if you noticed but i didn't even notice that her you know her current husband that you know the man who plays her current husband on the show was in that picture okay that whoa, 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 now at. we're giving now we're giving well, no, I, said, I said that there could oh, yeah, be spoilers. Right, you did. okay yeah, yeah so far, i said you. there could be spoilers so yeah i'm watching i don't know who's dead though right now i think i think the teasers that they showed us isn't going to be that person that you think is it's going to be and they said there was a couple of bodies, right, in the water? Uh, yeah, they said that at the outset. Uh, they got a lot of uh, loose ends to tie up in this yeah, last I show. I mean, they a lot one, of loose one, ends. I don't, I don't know how they could do it in one episode, but uh, they, one episode. I guess they will. But I will say this. I, so I all the White Lotus geeks out there that I talk about the show with and we, sh- and we swap theories, the reality is this. Uh, this is not like people putting together – clues to an actual real life, like say murder. You know what I mean? This is solely the invention of Mike White, the uh, the director, creator, writer of the show. So really we're trying to predict when we decide who the dead person is, what's going on in his mind. You know what I'm saying? It's like he could have it, he could make it come out any way he wants. He's to he's the total creator. Guy's brilliant. I in my humble opinion, Mike I've White, seen yeah. yes. And I don't know if I told you this on the last show. We'll close with this. Mike White, uh, I may not know about Kirstie Alley, but I did do a deep dive on Mike White. I know about Mike White. I saw him in a movie a long time ago, Chuck and Buck. Yeah, Chuck and Buck. And so um, his father uh, was for many years a uh, publicist and a speechwriter for Pat Robertson and I believe Jerry Falwell. So uh, evangelicals, right-wing evangelicals who um, uh, have always been prejudiced against gay people. Okay, this goes back to this. Remember, I think it was, which one? I can't remember which one said that hurricanes were brought on because there's too much homosexuality in this country. Uh, and then, so after uh, uh, spending uh, several years, many years as a speechwriter uh, for uh, these evangelicals, uh, White's father revealed to his family in the early 90s uh, that he was a closeted gay man and he came out of the closet. So just think about that for a, a second. The person writing the speeches of hatred against gay people was a gay man. And I, when you watch these White Lotus shows, uh, and so much of them are about people who keep secrets about who they really are and live li- lives that are lies and because they, they're closeted in one way or another. And that's, uh, I think, some fascinating insights into the characters and all this movie. You know what he's saying? Like, yeah, all I, of I us didn't know, I didn't, I, You have, you have um, given me your information. I might have read that, but I didn't know. I don't think I knew that. So that makes a lot of sense about the material that he puts out there. Yeah. So I urge everybody to check out White Lotus uh, if you haven't already. And you are you know what? In some ways, I envy you people who will start watching it like two weeks from now because you could just watch a boom, 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 boom. They'll all be dropped. Ramon and I are going week to week. Uh, 
on White Lotus. All right, Romana, uh, thank you very much for taking time. Uh, I know things are going to be really busy for you soon, and uh, you're going to have travels ahead. So nothing but good travels for you and Mick. And I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, all right? Okay, thanks. All right, that's great. Romana Hussein, I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. Take care.